You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Cardinals for Wednesday, November the 10th of 2021. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show at LJ Fastball on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in today and each and every day that you tuned in. Yesterday, we talked about the Cardinals and their Gold Glove winners, as well as some of the other BBWAA award finalists and things of that nature, as well as some news and notes. So if you missed that, head over to yesterday's episode for the entirety of it. We're going to get into the Cardinal outfield today, grading their 2021 season, as well as how they can improve for 2020. Two, talking about the main three to start in Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Dylan Carlson. Cardinals might be able to have a little bit of depth there behind them as well if they do some right things this offseason um, and have some more progression from the younger outfielders as well. So we're going to get into all that on today's episode. If you're watching on YouTube, I got all green lights. I think I fixed a technical issue that was causing uh, the, the poor video quality yesterday and as well as a little bit of audio. Uh, but if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, should be uh, ready to go today just like we were yesterday. So let's talk about this outfield. This outfield is a young outfield. There's no doubt about it. Tyler O'Neill just finishing up uh, his age uh, 26 season. Harrison Bader, 27, and Dylan Carlson, 22. Dylan Carlson, as we talked about yesterday, is indeed a finalist for the Rookie of the Year. So he obviously is a young one. Um, and this outfield has a chance, in my opinion, to be the best in all of Major League Baseball. They, they, they are that young. They are that dynamic. They can impact the game on every single level. I think I talked about this at length, often in 2021, especially when they were on their hot streaks, how they can literally impact the game on every single level on any given night. They've all got power. We've seen Bader hit some absolute bombs. O'Neal had 34 or 30-plus home runs. Dylan Carlson has a sweet stroke that when he connects, they can go a long ways, a couple grand slams as well this season. They can hit for average. We've seen when they when they get hot, they get extremely hot and they are hard to get out, especially Harrison Bader. When Harrison Bader's hot and when he's rolling and when he's taking that slider to the opposite field and not striking out as much as he used to, that man is almost unstoppable. We saw that a lot in the months of July and September from Harrison Bader. He was unreal uh, at, the, at the plate in those times. He, it was hard to stop him. So they can hit for power, they can hit for average, they can all run, they are all just absolute speed demons. I think Bader could utilize his speed even more on the base pass. We saw improved base running from him this season. Tyler O'Neill is just a muscle man barreling through everywhere, speed demon as well. And Dylan, Carl Dylan Carlson is a lot more graceful, I think, than either one of the other two. Uh, so he just flies like a gazelle, it seems, over the base pass. Uh, they all play defense extremely well. Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill, the 2021 Gold Glove winners, and Dylan Carlson, I think, is a Gold Glove candidate in the future. Uh, at, at the bare minimum, he had a very fine defensive season, and they can all throw. I think throwing is probably what they could all improve on the most. From a defensive span standpoint, that their gloves are, are pretty solid, but they can all throw. We, we saw plenty of times this season O'Neill cut down some runners, Carlson cut down a lot of runners at third, and Bader cut down some runners as well. So that's the five facets of the baseball game as, as to how a positional player can impact the game. Can they hit? Can they hit for power? Can they run? Can they catch? Can they throw? All five of these, or all three of these gentlemen, excuse me, do all five of those things very, very well. 
there's little to no question about that in my mind. And the, these three, when they're right, are incredibly talented. Let's take a look at, at their batting uh, for the 2021 season because th- th- they're, they're, they were incredibly, incredibly Im- impressive numbers for, for these gentlemen, uh, Harrison Bader and Dylan Carlson and, and Tyler O'Neill as I pull up these numbers here. Um, Harrison Bader, we'll start with him. As I mentioned, his age 27 season, uh, he had a betting average of 267, which is not something I think we expected to see from a guy like uh, a, a Harrison Bader. Um, in 2021, 324 on base, 460 slugging. That is impressive. Uh, a 785 OPS for Mr. Bader. OPS plus 116, which is actually going to be the lowest out of any of these three. And again, OPS plus is the, the average for that is 100. You want to be higher than 100. Moving on now, to, let's take a look at the stats for um, Dylan Carlson. 22 season, up for Rookie of the Year. His slash line, 266, 343, 437 OPS of 780. Um, very solid numbers. He had 18 home runs this season, 117 OPS+. plus. So you, so you see there that Dylan Carlson and Harrison Bader are very close in their OPS plus rankings and very close in home runs as well. Harrison Bader had 16. Dylan Carlson had 18. 50 runs driven in for Bader, 65 for Carlson. Um, the, the, the strikeout numbers um, are, are disparaging there as well. Harrison Bader did only strike out 85 times this season. As I mentioned, when he was right and not striking out, he was very hard to get out. Uh, Dylan Carlson struck out 152 times in 542 at-bats. We only saw 367 at-bats from Bader, so when I get to the how can they improve portion of this, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But Tyler O'Neill had the best season out of any of these three. 138 games, so I'd like to see him play a little bit more. But 286 the average, which is something I never thought we would see from a Tyler O'Neill. I thought we would always see him in the 250s, 260s at most. On base at 352, you'd like to see that maybe get a touch higher, but he did draw 38 walks this season, which for him is pretty impressive. 912 OPS because of a 560 slugging percentage. 34 home runs, 26 doubles, and two triples. Dylan Carlson had four triples. Dylan Carlson had the most doubles out of any of these three with 31, also the most hits with 144. But again, he played 149 games compared to O'Neill's 138 and Harrison Bader's 103. But you see, once again, how these, these stats line up, that this Cardinal outfield had an, incre- an incredible year for the most part. This outfield saved a lot of runs. This outfield was able to produce a fair amount of runs, and they, they, they did their job. This is an outfield that, that I was worried about coming into this season. You had question marks on all three. You had a question mark on O'Neill. Who who is he going to become? Was he going to be a second round Ogrechuk? Who what what player is Tyler O'Neill going to be? You had question marks surrounding um, Dylan Carlson. Was he going to be that the first call up that we saw, or was he going to be the second call up that we saw? And you had questions around Harrison Bader again, similar ones as saying which Harrison Bader are we going to see? Are we going to see the one that that could take over a game, or are we going to see the one that strikes out two three times a game? and is a non-factor on offense. All three of these gentlemen pr- produced in 2021, and there is little to no question, zero question, about the validity of how they can produce. The only question one might be able to ask is consistency, but I'll get to that in a minute. But but just again, to kind of wrap up the point of why I think the, these gentlemen can can be the, the best outfield, excuse me, the, the best outfield in all of baseball is because of the numbers they put up in 2021, and they still have room to improve. And again, I'll get to the improvements I want to see a little bit uh, later on in segment number two. 
but this outfield had a very good 2021. And I think when, when a lot of Cardinal fans came into the season, at least m- myself, uh, you know, locked on Cardinals host, I, I felt that this infield was a lot more solid than this outfield because you expected good things from Goldschmidt and Arenado. You th- you know, you thought you'd get good things from Tommy Emmon in a rebound year, and I thought Paul DeYoung would be a lot better than he has been, but he has than he was this season. But he has been on a downward trend, pretty much since his his rookie year, or at least since his thirty plus home run campaign in two thousand and nineteen. And this outfield really stepped up. Were they healthy the entire year? Obviously not. You would have liked to see a lot more health, and you, so you didn't have to play Tom Yemen in the outfield. So you didn't have to play Justin Williams or Austin Dean or even John Nagowski in the outfield at times early in the season as John Nagowski was uh, DFA'd or traded, one of the two. Can't quite remember, but this outfield stepped up when they were on the field for the most part. Obviously, there were there were faults and things we'll get into, but the, I, I was... I was very, very impressed with this outfield in 2021. I think it, you would have been hard-pressed to find somebody that was not impressed with this outfield. This outfield was that good. This outfield had those good of numbers and that good of a season to draw in, to draw interest and to, to be impressed by most um, most Cardinal followers. So we'll get to the grade a little bit a little bit later on in the show. But I was very impressed. Some things to work on, though. There are two main things that I think this outfield could work on in 2022, and I'll get to those things in segment number two. But before I get to that in segment number two, we're going to take our first break, and this break is going to start off by me talking about two things that I love. Number one, Thanksgiving. Number two, Built Bar. Thanksgiving is full of good food, treats, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that, that isn't so full of calories and sugar. That's a perfect time for a Built Bar. You get Thanksgiving and you can get Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Again, a win-win. For example, one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So replace that coconut pie with a coconut Built Bar or the raspberry Built Bar instead of a raspberry pie. Plenty of flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a great option if you're hungry this Thanksgiving. Share some at your family gatherings instead of having some awkward conversations. You can enjoy a nice Built Bar together. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday, so mark your calendars. Friday, November the 26th, Black Friday will be a huge event with a ton of surprises. But don't wait until Black Friday. You get Built Bar now by going to Built.com using the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Can this outfield improve in 2022? Well, one would hope so, mostly because um, this outfield was, at times, inconsistent. Dylan Carlson had stretches. Obviously, he was very good, but I never felt like Dylan Carlson just took over a game, took over a, was able to carry the team like Tyler O'Neill, like Harrison Bader were at stretches throughout this season. Because there were times when Harrison Bader was your man especially in the month of August, late July as well, right before, right after the All-Star break in August, or July, excuse me, in September, not August. Um, but, but he had a, some huge months in 2021, and Tyler O'Neill with the 34 home runs, there were weeks where he would just hit a ton and hit doubles and just carry a team. 
So consistency, I think, is, is one thing that I would like to see all three of these get better at. And slumps will happen. I understand that. But for, for Harrison Bader, I think that he just had such a high high and such a low low at point this season that you, you'd like to see it even out even just a little bit, just a smidget. You want to see it even out so you don't have such high peaks and such low valleys. Because consistency is key, and that way you're not relying on a hot streak in the month of October in the playoffs when, when you'd really just rather be relying on players that have been consistent and are going to get it done day in, day out, time and time again. Because I think we, we've seen the, the, the cons of that in Paul DeYoung. There are times, especially when the Cardinals are playing the Mets for some reason, that Paul DeYoung absolutely carries a baseball team. Don't get me wrong. I fully 100% acknowledge that. But there are also times where Paul DeYoung just does not get the job done because he's wildly inconsistent. I think that the Cardinals have relied on him, have been betting on the consistency side for so long that it's starting to bite them that I don't think Paul DeYoung is going to be an everyday shortstop. I'd like to see them pursue a free agent option, give him Muno Sosa the job, find somebody to trade market. I just think Paul DeYoung is too unreliable at this point. I think maybe he could he could use a scene change. Uh, scene changes are very underrated in the sport of baseball. I think sometimes when players start to get in the same routine, uh, but they're not getting the results, a change in routine might be helpful. A change in scenery, change teams, those could those things could be very, very helpful for a player. So I'd like to see the Cardinals get a little bit more consistent and be able to get be on the field more as well for, from the outfield perspective. Because as I mentioned, Harrison Bader played 103 games Um Pat O'Neill played 138 as he had a couple stints on the IL. And, and some of this, will, you know, unlucky. Harrison Bader missed some time with a rib because he he, he broke it or uh, fractured it or something, diving in on a, on a baseball trying to make a catch. So those kind of things, okay, that that's that's going to happen. But if, if they can improve on staying healthy and staying on the field for 150, 160, or even 145, like Dylan Carlson played 149, that's a full substantial amount of season. If you can, you know, he missed a little bit of time, not on the IL, but he was hurt a little bit towards the tail end of the year. But if you can get 145 to 155 games played, that's a huge win. I would love to see what Harrison Bader can do with with 500 to 600 at-bats. Tyler O'Neill played 138 games, so just a little bit short of what I would like to see from him. And he still got 482 at-bats, 34 home runs, as I mentioned, drove in 80 extremely productive season. I don't think I mentioned his OPS plus. His OPS plus was 150. So again, baseline for that is 100. He was well, well, well above average. That that you you just need more consistency from these guys and you need them on the field just to be to, to be plainly simple. When they're on the field and and healthy, this this outfield can produce. This outfield can produce extremely extremely well. Another thing that the Cardinals in general might be able to look to improve upon is the outfield depth. Because we saw in 2021, when one of these guys wasn't on the field, either you had to move Tommy Emma to the outfield and, and lack a little bit defensively. Tommy Emma can hold his own out there, but he's no Dylan Carlson in right field, for example. Or no Tyler O'Neill in left field. That just is what it is, of course, because those two gentlemen, Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson, are extremely good fielders. Or you had Justin Williams, Austin Dean out there. Uh, Justin Williams was her opening day starter in right field. And I, I, I thought he would do fine. I, I didn't expect anything too bad out of him. Just was never able to put it together, never able to find consistency. And Austin Dean has recently been let go, uh, elected minor league free agency. So the outfield depth might be a problem. A possible solution to that, and I've talked about it on this show a couple different times already, Lars Nupar, who was putting up numbers and hitting home runs in the Arizona Fall League. And I understand that the Arizona Fall League is 
an instructional league for the most part. They're professional players. They're major league baseball players, but they're they're rookies. They're young players. They're young players trying to get back from injury. So you're not facing a Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, th- those type of arms. Those four names just happen to come to me. I'm not sure any rhyme or reason. But nevertheless, those you're not facing the, the, the aces of the staff down there. But the fact that he is putting up numbers and better numbers than he did in the major leagues in 2021. He had his moments, but didn't put up very good, consistent numbers. I think that's very important for a guy like Lars Newtbar and for the St. Louis Cardinals because you need the depth. You need somebody that can come in and, first of all, give these three outfielders a day off because with how hard they play and how they play the game, they're going to need to take a day off every once in a while. And or, you know, knock on wood, if something were to happen like it did in 2021, they could come in and replace them for an injury, for, for a time on the field and... and so they could play while the Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader, and Tyler O'Neill are injured. Give the Cardinals some depth. Give them a solid option off the bench. And the, th- the third third part of that is so you have a, a power bat off the bench as well. So it's, it's to give the outfield a day off. It's to replace the outfielders full-time if you have an injury. And it's to have a power bat off the bench. The Cardinals have been lacking some pop off the bench. Carpenter had his moments. Paul DeYoung could run into one. But you didn't have a huge power threat. Because even when Paul DeYoung started, Emundo Sosa was then that bench player. And Sosa's got a solid bat, don't get me wrong. But if you're down one, you got two outs in the pitcher spot due up, you're going to want some thunder. You're going to want some pop there. You're going to want somebody who can hit one out of the ballpark. Sosa coming in one into one, but I don't think he has as much power as Paul DeYoung. I give Paul DeYoung the edge in the power department. So if you want to have an outfielder get, get called up, if you want to have Lars Newtbar be that fourth outfielder, I think the Cardinals need to find a way to, to get some outfield depth. Not a starter. These three gentlemen need to be your starters in 2021, or 2022, excuse me. But get get some depth. Some depth could be very beneficial to this team, in my opinion, um, f- from the outfield perspective, because this outfield, in my opinion, when they're right, could be the best in the business. And I'll give you one more piece of, of statistical advice or evidence to say why I think this outfield could be the best in baseball when they are right and when they are on the field. Because their numbers, as they stack up against the rest of the league's outfielders, are already up there. So if you can get these players playing 155 games, you know, 145, 155, somewhere in that range, get them playing that many games, I, I, I look forward to where this outfield can be in 2022. Before I get to that stat, the, that statistical measure, and is before I get to one other point that I want to bring up as to why I'm excited about this outfield, I'm going to take one more, one final break on today's show. And at this time, it's to tell you about Bet Online. And they have a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball, football action this season. College basketball made its return yesterday. So head over to that updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and start betting on college basketball if you so choose. You will also receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, LOCKED ON, to receive a 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's NBA, college basketball, college football, NHL, NFL, boxing, UFC, baseball, postseason awards, or your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And bet online is where the game starts. Hey 
this outfield already compared to the rest of the league's outfielders are solid. So these are this is the outfield ranks compared to the rest of the National League. They were sixth in doubles. This Cardinal outfielders, not just the, the main three, but any pl- player who played outfield, had 94 doubles. This Cardinal outfield, when you look at home runs, was fifth in the league with 78 home runs. Batting average, they were third with a 259 clip. On base percentage, they were sixth with a 328 clip. Slugging percentage, they were fourth with a 450 clip. And an OPS, they were fourth with a 778 clip. So you had already solid numbers. And when you look at total OPS plus as well, their 118 clip was sixth in the National League. So all those are National League rankings. I understand that. But even without having those three guys play every single day, you are still in the top top six in all the categories that I just mentioned. That is extremely impressive considering those three players did not play a full season. So unlike the infield where the, the, the total infield stats didn't really add up, didn't really um, stack together you know, compared to the rest of the infielders in the National League, as I mentioned on a show last week, this outfield, even though they have room to improve, as I mentioned in segment number two, they are already up there in terms of statistical production in 2021. Another reason that I'm very excited for this outfield, because whenever you have an outfield like this or a group of players like this, you've always got to wonder, okay, what's the contract going to be like? How are the contracts going to figure themselves out? Who's going to get paid? Who's not going to get paid? As I mentioned, these guys are pretty young. Tyler O'Neill in 2022, all this is according to Spot Track, is under contract for 2022. One year, $3.5 million. He's still arbitration eligible for two more years, will not be a free agent until 2025. Let's move over to Harrison Bader under contract for 2022. Um, arbitration eligible in 2023. Um, he might be still arbitration eligible. The base salary says $4 million, but that's an estimate. So still um, not under exact contract, but won't be a under won't be a free agent until 2024. So that's two seasons left still of Harrison Bader. And Dylan Carlson will not be a free agent until 2027. So you still have plenty of seasons left with these three outfielders. At minimum, you've got three. At, you, at, no, I'm sorry. You, at minimum, you have two because Harrison Bader is, under, is arbitration eligible for this season and next. So at minimum, you've got two years left. But you're probably going to have closer to three, maybe even four, if you're able to sign one of them to an extension and possibly get them to, to stay a St. Louis Cardinal for maybe you know a little bit less than, than, than they would if they were hitting the, the free agent market. But th- this, this Cardinal outfield, as we start to wrap up today, is an extremely, extremely exciting one because you have the, the, this Cardinal outfield that, that has a lot of potential, that has a lot of excitement surrounding it, that put up extremely solid numbers in 2021, and still has room to grow in 2022 and beyond because of how young they are. This outfield is a dynamic one. This outfield is one that is going to, in my opinion, turn some heads in the coming seasons, and we all better watch out for the St. Louis Cardinal offense if these outfielders are able to get to the level that they that I expect them to get. Because I'm really, really excited for this Cardinal outfield. And I'll be honest, I was not overly positive on Harrison Bader. He proved me wrong tenfold. And this Cardinal outfield in general is going to be an exciting one. My grade for them this season, looking at everything I just looked at, not just these three, I talked about the three a lot because they were the starters. Because of the room for improvement, because of the, the, the significant injury 
time that was missed, especially when looking at Harrison Bader. To me, I give the outfield a B plus. So when you look at the grades I've given out so far, B plus is the highest. B minus and Bs were, were to the, the, the starting pitching and the infield, respectively, um, looking back at it. So th- this Cardinal team, in, in my eyes, were, I mean, heck, they, they were a 90-win team, and I'm still giving out Bs. So I think that this, this team has room to improve by four or five wins if they're able to get a better team on the field, and we'll see how the new manager does. But this outfield just needs to keep doing what they're doing and keep improving at the rate they're already improving at. B-plus for me for this Cardinal outfield, the the what they have going for them is that they have the potential to be the best in the business. They put up solid numbers, the starters especially. What they have going against them, lack of consistency, lack of depth behind the three starters, and lack of time on the field due to some injury concerns. But I am extremely excited for the starting outfield in 2022, and I'm excited for the outfield overall if the Cardinals are able to get a little bit of depth or if Lars Newpar pans out as that fourth outfielder. So that's going to do it for today's show on Wednesday's show. We'll have, again, a couple more shows out this week, a couple bonus shows. I'm hoping to get caught up. We'll at least, at minimum, we'll have one bonus show this week and one bonus show next week. Kind of, we'll figure it out. I've got some, some content that, that's, that's lined up. Again, if you guys want to put some more suggestions in, um, email the show, lockedoncards.gmail.com, DM on Twitter at LJFastball, reply to a YouTube video, uh, DM on Twitter and, and Instagram, the show at LO underscore Cardinals. Uh, if you guys want me to talk about something, I'll talk about it. Again, have stuff lined up. We're going to talk free agency. We're going to talk trade market. We're going to talk it all on the coming episodes of Locked on Cardinals. It's going to be fun. Still have one review to do as well. We're going to have to review the bullpen still for 2021. So that's also going to be talked about this week. Um, but i got lots of good stuff to talk about on Locked on Cardinals, where it's your team every day. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to head over to Locked on MLB to listen to them next. And be sure to tune in to Locked on Cardinals tomorrow. And until I talk to you guys tomorrow, I'll be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.